0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC studios. This is Welcome back to Old School Hour 2 on this dreary Monday. A Monday full of rain and so clouds gray. and so gray. lack of sun.
2: So great. But we're
1: happy in here, kind of. I don't know anymore. We
2: are. We're in a good mood.
1: I don't know anymore. We're in a good mood. Jay Foreman doesn't want to dance. It's just sad. It's just makes me just not a... I'm,
2: I'm just going to ask him to walk down this, the, the Soul Train line do like, you know, just he can fr- he can even frown when he does it. <laughs>
1: Honestly, <laughs> he'd be funnier, it'd be funnier if he if the camera like got to him and he looked down the line and then he just walked away. Yeah, Like, he didn't walk down the line. So like, oh, like, oh, that'd be all natural. <laughs> <I see> <laughs> He's like, no. once I see Rico, <laughs> I'm
2: gonna get right, I'm right. gonna
1: get the whole outfit. I don't know how far away this is. I grow the hair out.
2: Oh, you know you know who which, which outfit I want to do? Jeffrey from Fresh Prince. <laughs> When he, he got, got on Soul <laughs> Train, <laughs> with, oh. <laughs> with, with the black and gold, and he got the he got the he got the wig and the glasses, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I'm gonna come to Adelaide. That's how we'll come to. It. Yeah, I can
3: see that. you guys doing that.
2: Yeah, you see you guys.
3: <laughs> I can see you doing
1: that. I'm gonna dress like I'm gonna dress like Scooby Doo from a uh, Scooby Doo. What is when what? he had the big wig and that and the like platform shoes? Oh, He's trying to.
2: You could do that. Yeah or you could do like Kramer Kramer walking down the street. <laughs> Seinfeld. Goodness gracious. Would Simple see th- but here's the question. I think Simple would actually dance. Oh, Simple would. Yeah.
1: He would protest it, for a well, while, but I would, think he would.
2: He would pro- no, he would like he'll shadow box all the way down to Salt Lake. <laughs> you <laughs> be great. It'd be yeah. You really be good. Yeah, so they they were having a good time with it. So yeah, uh, welcome so.
1: to old school. of huh? yeah. Lincoln Hotline, starter Haman text line <laughs> 402-464-5685. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, starter Heyman Jewelers live video stream. Hit us up. Hit us with a what's up, DP. What's up, Jay. What's up, Rico. Uh, we might answer a question or two. I don't know. depends uh, on how, depends on what you ask, how you ask it.
2: Yeah, Scott says this. I listened to one YouTube show from some Texas guys, and they were pretty good. Obviously concerned with the outcome, but not just blindly blaming name, image, and likeness like lots of folks. Uh, talked about how the scheme fit was more of what uh, Mathis was looking for. So, and That's says boring says he's going to say, well, well, I mean, you know at some point a lot of the conversation gets on the lowest common denominator which is to blame it on blame it on NIL or give credit to NIL yeah yeah and the i mean that's the easy yeah.
3: easy excuse but yeah the scheme scheme matters. is a big deal and um even though his coach was there Gary Patterson but Gary Patterson's defense if it was something that he didn't feel that was showing his you know, best ability, then why would he go down to Texas and think it'd be any different? So, <clears throat> obviously, Nebraska, you know, there was games where they rushed the passer pretty well. And so, um, you know, schematics wise, I think Shenander's experience and Dawson's experience, two coaches, obviously, that he's going to be working closely with, um, of coaching in the NFL and improving the defense every year, um, is probably, it was obviously very appealing to him and should be to other kids as well.
2: Well, I think a lot of what happened this weekend was for folks who wanted something positive to latch onto, to get through the next couple of months. This is, you got
3: it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you got it. You got, you got cam, you
2: got cam Jurgens you know, second round. You got cam Taylor Britton, second round, uh, you could claim Wandell. <laughs>
3: that's That'd be desperation.
2: Well look, all of it's desperation. I always find it interesting when people claim the victory on, on draft day for It's not your win. Yeah, it's not your it's win. win. It's not, no, you can
3: be happy win. for it, but that's you not your win. Yeah. Okay. I, it, well that win. well Nebraska Nebraska fan base hung on the UCF for like two years. Yeah. After that, McKenzie, like, oh, whatever McKenzie Melton. McKenzie Melton, as well.
2: Yeah, when he became, when he went in transfer portal. Yeah. Oh my God, it's happening! Oh, bring it's him not, home. It's not. This happening. was never home.
1: It's right. not happening.
3: So, yeah, so I think it's, yeah, you gotta be happy for Wondell. He again, he bet on himself. Went back home, had a phenomenal year, ended up being a second round pick, and um,
2: question, Jay Foreman, so would Wandell have had that happen had he stayed?
3: Why you stuck to the fire? Uh,
2: well, no, because it, look for. I'm trying to think the, how this is. I, I don't know ch- if he. I could, I could change the question.
3: I know. I know do he would have been productive. I don't do know. You if think he would
2: have had 98 catches and would? Well,
3: he couldn't because you had a tight end that had 60 and Tory had 40. Right.
2: The, so the question not so so would have,
1: understand why he did what he did? Would he have been a wide receiver still, or would they have lined yeah. him up in the backfield again?
3: I think if Wondell stayed, I don't know if Tory comes. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's. All should have, could have, would have. I mean, he would have been, he would have had a productive year. I don't really think 98 catches is why he went in the second round. I think his playmaking ability. So he could have had 50, 60 catches and made as many plays Mm -hmm. and then still went whenever. So he had a productive, super productive year. Kentucky played well. Mm -hmm. Okay. People, People just seem to forget that. Kentucky played well. His profile and his draft stack status went up with that. Then he, had, then he ran well, um, and so – and plus, again, I said it before, Moore came out the year before, and he's down in Arizona. So when, NFL likes comparables, and it's a copycat league. He had a good year with uh, Arizona. Here comes the next and coming. Everybody's trying to do the same thing, so um, – or not the same thing, or more open to doing the same thing when you have recent success. So mm-hmm.
2: – um, How do you think he gets used in, in, in the league?
3: Kind of like what he'd be like a, I mean he's obviously a purely a slot receiver um he's gonna have to be good in the return game both punt and um kickoff return um which they said actually he didn't really field punts this well this year, which is odd to me considering that would be just a factor that would separate him from a lot of a lot of people so I think especially teams and and being a guy that's gonna be a matchup problem because you know even though he's only five nine one eighty he's tough and he's built stout. He's strong, he's quick, short area quickness, and he's explosive out of his brakes, and he has home run speed. So he's going to be a matchup problem for any slot, and especially if he gets matched up on like a linebacker like me or, you know, somebody even bigger than me, he's going to definitely give people problems.
2: Um, From the Texan, why claim a, a, a kid who constantly took a jab, took jab after jab after Nebraska, did he?
1: Nothing I know of.
3: Uh, a little bit. There was a, a little, little bit, little right, bit when, but, right when he transferred. Right, right when he transferred, and then it was a little bit after. I think after his bowl game thing or something, he said something or kind of like when he did one of those deals. But nothing too over the line.
1: I didn't, I'm sure I didn't there's some inner workings probably.
3: that he you know he didn't mm-hmm. necessarily think was right or vice versa. I don't think it's any. I don't think there's any bad blood. But I think look, he's from Kentucky, man, and he went back there. You gotta be happy for him. Yeah, you know. Yes, I would rather him to be here, um, but sometimes no matter what you say to him, you maybe. And plus, with the COVID year and all the other stuff, things kind of like worked in the favor for him to go back there. So, and Kentucky needed him, and they showed him. It's no different than Oshawn Mathis come here. The, the way that we reacted to Oshawn Mathis, whenever he committed, is the same way they reacted to him going back to Kentucky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, ideally, we can get the same production. Everybody would be happy. Best thing you can do is just be happy for Wandell. He's worked for it. He never was a bad teammate, never was a bad kid. Um, and he just chose to do different. I don't think it's – you know, it's kind of like when Phil Darius said. He didn't have any ill will. Hopefully it's not vice versa. We can see opportunity for him here. Sometimes they just want to go play football back home. Yeah. That's the way it is. You know, they got everybody's got that one free transfer. Um, and so guys are using it, whether it's early or late. So it's just one of those things.
1: Like yeah. I've said before, the players don't hold any ill will towards some of these people that transfers. You you could tell because as soon as Wondell got drafted, there was a bunch of Husker players or you know former Husker players who played with Wondell that were sending out tweets congratulating him for getting
3: drafted. Yeah, like, I don't no- think I don't think the players ever have. Well, I want say ever, but majority of the time don't have ill will because they're in it together and they can kind of understand and maybe they know the thought process more than people on the outside.
2: Yeah. Well, so Sunday morning pancakes. So Wandale was was Banks' roommate. And he talks about it. he says, no, I love that guy. Like everything about him. And I think public per- perception of, of relationships within the program versus actually having people in the room go, yeah. no, we love that dude. Now, uh, one texter said that he said yesterday that he wouldn't have been taken in second round had he stayed in Nebraska. And I,
3: I, most I likely not. No. I mean, uh, if, if, like if he Kentucky, wasn't wrong, like, if Kentucky had the same record in the same year and Nebraska had the same year, most likely not.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's not taking a jab. That's, that's, I'm not taking a jab. Yeah. I was asking the question the same yeah, way. I, I didn't even know jab. that he had done the interview.
1: So, well, the thing is, if you line, look, if you line Wandale up in the backfield and, you know, does whatever, is he a second round running back? No. He's a second-round receiver, and the way that Nebraska was using him, he wasn't being used very much at receiver. they were using yeah. him a running back, and he's not—he's not a second-round running back. So, it yeah. makes sense.
3: Yeah, I mean the statement was somewhat factual, but you know, you can you can always take everything personally, or personally choose not to take everything personally.
2: Right. Do, do who gets there were some people who tried to give credit for draft status this weekend. To various people on the coaching staff
3: for Wondell, no, for oh.
2: Cam, for both Cams. Okay, They said that you know people needed, took a chance. They moved it tight end to center. They held on to it. They did this thing, and I'm of the club that says I'm going to give credit to to the players for the work that was
3: Well, doing. I think it's both. I think it's you got to give uh, Scott Frost and Greg Austin credit for having the vision for cam and then you got to give cam credit for being open to it and willing to put in the amount of work to build his body up to be able to compete at that position and then i mean going they, through all of that all of criticism that, the first yeah. You're go through, years yeah and uh um, and then keep you know keep at it and fighting and obviously playing well so i think it's both i mean In order for it to be successful, you got to have a vision. You got to be able to see – you got to be able to sell it to him that where you – it's advantageous for you, ideally advantageous for the the team. You got to have something comparable. um, And then he's got to be willing to put in the work. And then you got to make sure that you're constantly, you know, keeping in contact with him and then, you know, lock and step with him as he's going through the process because – I think Cam might have been like 235, 240 coming out of high school, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't remember. He's a tight end, so he couldn't yeah. be that much bigger. So just to get to 280 and be willing to put in the work for that is astronomical. That that falls, you know, 100% on Cam, you know, Dave Ellis, Zach Duvall, the weight coach. You know, it's a whole collaborative effort. You get what I'm saying? It's the, the coaches, the players, the support staff, the nutrition staff, it's the uh, – you know the trainers with Mark Meyer and all them. They got to make sure that his, you know, they're doing everything to make sure that as his body's starting to grow or he's adding weight, that his, you know, flexibility isn't lost. He's not losing athletic ability. So, you know, the payoff is there, and um, you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, and so, look, regardless of how or why Cam end up leaving early, you know, that's water underneath the bridge. It worked out for Cam. It worked out for Nebraska. Um, he'll represent Nebraska well. Um, and as people get older, everything will be fine. That's the way it is. Did you, did you
2: pay much attention to the DBs and, and, and their place in the draft? The fact that, I mean, we're, we're, we're good that uh, Deontay's going to get an opportunity. But what did you think? Did you think that they had earned kind of a, a, a better place than. Yeah, you? I
3: thought Deontay would have got drafted, you know, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um,
2: Do you think the age held him back?
3: Maybe, probably. Well,
2: but I mean, it's the same thing they said about JoJo. I think a little bit, but I think it's,
3: again, it's supply and demand. There's a lot of those guys out there. And so if you're not – well, here's here's just from my experience working down in Houston is that in talking to other people in other organizations that sometimes scouts and scouting departments, they like the easy way, right? So if you're one team and we pass some notes – okay well instead of doing let, let me fact check this you get what i'm saying so if, so essentially your, rico's opinion is based off of what we're saying mm-hmm. maybe not fully but it's definitely influencing right so you know when you're you and then teams are going to do more due diligence on winning teams and winning players small school kids that they aren't able to see all the time and they sometimes leapfrog guys that oh he's an older safety oh, He's just a guy. But if you watch Deontay's tape and you watch him a senior up until you hurt his knee in Minnesota, you're like, oh, homeboy can play. Mm-hmm. And he's willing and he's effective on special teams. Um, he keeps his body in phenomenal shape. He's a good kid. Uh, he's got leadership skills. So he's a guy that when he gets into camp, he, he's, he's tailor-made for Seattle. He's going to come down, he's a thumper, can make plays, he's fast, he's quick. As long as he stays healthy, he'll be fine.
2: Do, do we know if he's healthy?
3: Yeah, he's healthy because he ran uh, four four something at the pro day. So I mean, if that ain't healthy, then I wish I was that. <laughs> I wish um, I
2: wasn't healthy.
1: Can run four four.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think he's healthy and and uh, everything checked out. But I mean, look, when you get a little bit later in the draft, you just never know. You just never know. I was fortunate enough and blessed to get drafted. That's huge. You know, it's something that there's only few people walking on earth can say. Um, and then, but I know there's a lot of guys. That should have been drafted, and I played with a lot of guys that shouldn't have been drafted. It sucks because the only person that's really happy after the draft is the dude who went number one.
2: Was that the quietest number one in history? Can you yeah, because it's
3: Jacksonville. It
1: kind of like, worked out perfectly, though, because Aiden Hutchinson got to stay in Michigan
3: yeah. and play for Detroit. But
2: it was a quiet – like, this was well, – it it,
3: It's up- hard to sell a guy that goes number one over Aiden Hutchinson and Thibodeau when he only had six sacks and wasn't even all-conference.
2: Yeah. It just seemed like
3: So what could you say Hey we got a guy That's honorable mention All, all SEC I think they said That's the
1: first time That a guy that wasn't All-conference went Number one overall
2: Like it was just It seemed to be like It was the most downplayed Number one that It was I weird ever, That I can recall It was weird Because well, no there's said-
1: no quarterbacks No yeah. quarterbacks
3: Went so late So it wasn't, oh, there wasn't One a-
1: quarterback Went until the third round So
3: so it was It wasn't Which exciting they were
2: wrong again Like just
3: they, they, they had Willis At some At one point in time Going number two to Detroit or going Detroit trading up and getting another pick, they were going to get a defensive end and then him. And there was a point the where the third he was run.
1: supposed to go 20th overall right? to Pittsburgh, I think. Somebody yeah, because after they, that, him was, and Mike
3: Tomlin ate yeah. chicken, chicken he, wings.
2: He dropped because <laughs> he he lifts his right foot off the ground after he throws.
1: And I said – They said his base isn't good.
2: And I, and I said, uh, then you have very few quarterbacks in the NFL because yeah. – They said
1: his base is crooked and his, his feet aren't, aren't pointed the right way, and, that's, and he's not very accurate. And, all that fun stuff. Uh,
3: it's a great thing about scouting. They, they look at your tape and see you making all these plays, and then they write paragraph upon paragraphs and books upon books about the little things you can't do, and don't think about the 20 things you can't do.
2: And they thought of I mean, this is the Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper swing when he first got to the league, and somebody says, well, yeah, but he, he heel kicks at the end of uh, inside fastballs. And I just went, You have looked too much. Like put it down.
1: That's what happens when you're when you're supremely talented is the only thing that people can look at is what you do wrong. Yeah. Uh, and try to find something, some way just, that they can that they can justify not wanting to take you before somebody else. Just crazy. Uh, it's it's
3: it's look, it's man, crazy. it's perception and reality. Some of these young men are facing that they should have maybe listened to other people when they made those those decisions. Yeah look at sam howell right i think he had eligibility left if he would have came out in 2020 probably a top 15 20 pick 21 he loses two running backs and his two starting receivers and his tight end gets hurt okay but then you know somebody some agent sat in his living room with his family and was like you can still slide in that first round man i can get you the first round if you just have a good workout go to the first round you know wonder so you know, we'll have you ready to go. wonderlick hey. and now you know, you know, now he's like, oh man, you know that uh, that scholarship check and hundred, two hundred thousand dollars NIL deal, and working on my craft to become a better draft pick, you know, option for teams isn't so bad. And now where's he
2: at? Washington. <laughs> <laughs>
3: How do you feel about the? You know what? Well, and, <laughs> you in know in what? actuality, that that's actually a great spot for him. Jay think Jay says he's going to start a job. By the end of the season, he'll be starting. Carson Wentz, like I said, he's a rusty old can. (laughs) I love that. And and Sam Howell or or Tyler Heineke. Is it Tyler Heineke? Taylor. Taylor Heineke, whatever. Whatever his name is. (laughs) He's going to be in there.
2: That's so funny. This is just... Let's
3: let's find
1: out how how everybody how everybody drafted coming up next on Old well, School. Well, no, we no. got John Squire. Oh right. yeah, we got John Squire. We got John Squire.
2: Okay. Okay. Squire. Then we'll close that one. Okay, him. we'll do that. Yeah.
1: You're listening to Old School with DP and Jay. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. ticketfm.com. <laughs>